Hey there. I'm James. And I'm Sam. We love television. But it can often be a cruel mistress. Cutting off new shows before they ever get a chance to shine. Here on We Hardly Knew You, we give these single season shows a fair shake. By actually going back and watching them. Join us today as we continue our discussion of The Flash. Would this series have been more successful as a buddy cop romp merely featuring The Flash? Why is it that the hero's mentor is almost always cooler than the hero themselves? And what does it say about us that we kind of miss the George Clooney era Batman movies? Answers to these questions and more in part two. The Flash, we hardly knew you. And we're back in a flash. So we it, we left off um, with Tina and Barry. Yes. And they're very inconsistent, ro- romantic, platonic, will they, won't they, on again, off again. And I honestly wonder if, so where we left off was Barry really seems to have an active social and romantic life. Oh, yeah. And Tina never does, which would be one thing if that was kind of her choice, but it seems more that Barry kind of strings her along Mm -hmm. and makes her think that something's going to happen. And I'm just in the process of wondering how much of that is the writers consciously making that part of the dynamic and how much of it is male writers not realizing the the yeah. relationship that the really unfair relationship that, that they're, they're creating? Yeah, that they're putting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it comes down to incompetence and not understanding how to write mm-hmm. an actual female character. Yeah, which I don't know. I guess to be honest. Yeah, it definitely fails that Bechdel test. Yeah. But when it comes to just creating these female characters, like Megan Lockhart is a like a really good detective, a, a private detective. Yeah. Um the executive director or or whatever of Star Labs mm-hmm. is a woman. Yeah. Um Tina herself. Mm-hmm. They do put women in positions of power. Right. Which is good. But I will say, even with Megan Lockhart, I I like her character in the second two episodes that she's in. Yeah. And but the issue is that even her in her first episode, she had to be set onto the moral path by Barry. Oh yeah. Because she her she intro was taking in the jobs show. just for the money didn't didn't really care mm-hmm. who it came from. Yeah, she was working for a corrupt DA. Yeah. Yeah. And and Barry has to like verbally and emotionally like put her in her place, so to speak, <laughs> right. before she becomes a likable character yeah, eventually. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Uh and I was going to make a point about that and then I forgot what it was. So I can't. Cool. Mhm. So let's let's move to Murphy and Bellows. Let's please. Because I was thinking about the police force. 
Because when we were talking about women in um, stronger roles, yep, I thought there's never I've never I never saw a female police, police officer. officer, and I don't think I ever did either in yeah. the entire show. So, but then that then that got me thinking about Murphy and Bellows, who were fantastic, yeah, comedic relief to this show. Um, Honestly. I would be interested if the show was Murphy and Bellows, you know, following them for like a 20 minute episode a week and the flash just kind of like appeared in central city and was a character on their show. (laughs) Yeah. The flash was, was the flash was the secondary character. Yes. On the show. Uh, so the, the, the other thing that I like about them is we were saying in our first discussion that Barry has this one trick where he always does household chores really fast. Yeah. And Julio has this one thing where he's always talking about his problems with his girlfriend and setting Barry up with women that aren't right for him. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody seems to have this one like funny thing and then they stretch that out for so long that it becomes boring. Murphy and Bellows actually develop in terms of their like shtick. Murphy and Bellows, yeah, they do develop, um, but they do they do have a shtick. Yeah. So yeah. part of their shtick is Murphy. The way I view their relationship mm-hmm. is the veteran rookie yeah. relationship. Murphy's is a little bit older. It seems like he's closer to retirement. Mm-hmm. So he he continues to talk about these like wacky business ventures yeah and like entrepreneurial ideas mm-hmm. like uh and and bellows and is bellows his thing is that he he has had actual experience with the flash he's seen the flash mm-hmm. murphy refuses to believe the flash even exists yeah even which, once which we leads, get which leads bellows to start to postulate that Murphy's the Flash. Flash. I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. I never laughed harder during this show in any episode Mm -hmm. than I did when um, Bellows says, wait a minute, I've never seen Murphy and the Flash (laughs) at the same time. Murphy must be the Flash. Flash. And I was like, wait a minute. That logic from Bella's perspective yeah. actually does yes. track. It's track, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so they, so yeah, they do have that. They do have that shtick, mm-hmm. and I and I like it because every time you know we come into the police station or, or we see that police cruiser, you know, drive up to a scene, mm-hmm. it's the two of them, and we and we come into their conversation. Yep. With um, Murphy explaining how he's going to sell t-shirts yeah with the flash on it of but the then, flash but then bellows for some reason i don't understand how bellows is continually confused by this mm-hmm. murphy wants to you know he wants to sell t-shirts yeah. with the flash on it and he's like you don't even believe the flash exists he's like i just want to make money yeah, he always <laughs> says this yeah but everyone, but else, everyone does. else does like <laughs> me that- believing in the flash has nothing to do with me making money off of the flash. Yeah. Guess what? My name is Sam Baird. I don't believe the flash is real <laughs> either, but if I come up with a good flash t-shirt idea, I can still I make can money sell. off yeah. of it. it. And Bella's continually 
mm-hmm. confused <laughs> that yeah. Murphy somehow mm-hmm. both can profit off of the Flash existing and not I believe he exists. Him. Yeah, at the same time, that's just that's just that that's just too much cognitive dissonance for Bellows. Mm-hmm. And the episode where uh, Captain Cold, episode seventeen, where um, Murphy gets the idea that he is going to write a memoir of his life. Oh yeah. I, he's just so at that point kind of legitimately the only character that I think of as lovable. Like, yeah, he's just kind (laughs) of dopey (laughs) and he's at his typewriter and he's should be working. And I'm just thinking, Man, I I know it won't, but I almost want him to succeed, succeed in, in this in this authorial adventure. It also it also makes me think like Central City does not have a good pension, <laughs> no, for their public servants because you know Murphy's getting close to retirement. And he's like, man, I got to find a way to make <laughs> some money. I cannot live on this fixed <laughs> yeah, income. I cannot live on this retirement plan. I need to sell some T-shirts. Mm-hmm. I need to write a book. Yeah, I got to do something. Uh, and and I will say eventually and actually I think it is episode 17 Captain Cold when Murphy finally does see the Flash um, because uh, Captain Cold freezes a bus full oh, of yeah. citizens and everyone else is knocked out and Murphy sees the Flash he uh, runs around the bus. Runs to, around the bus to add friction, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> to unfreeze the bus. Yeah, it unfreezes the bus. <laughs> it unfreezes the bus. Um, and then the flash is gone, and everyone comes out, and, and they're like, "Murphy, how'd Mur- you? How'd yeah, you, you do did it? so good." And Murphy's like taking the credit, and at the and in that moment, I'm like, "I guess you know he went through a lot. It's not a big <laughs> deal that he takes some credit." But then Murphy like stops halfway through and he says, you know what? It was the flash. It was the flash. And I was like, I like you, Murphy. (laughs) You're a good guy. You're, you know what, Murph? You're good in my book. Yeah. Um, no, I would definitely, if it was a, a 22 minute long show and it was all from the perspective of Murphy and Bellows and the Flash just like appeared in every episode, I would find that to be a very amusing show. That would be fun. I could watch, I could do a ride along with Murphy and Bellows yeah. and just see what kind of antics they, they get, get up into. To. Because, and I think it's just a feature of these kind of early 90s, 80s, early 90s kind of police drama. Mm-hmm. Just like, the tactical procedure is just not there. Oh, it doesn't. No, they like, did no research. They did no research. But mm. I'm I'm talking about like when they, when they actually go to like apprehend somebody, they have their fingers on the triggers. Yeah, and like the muzzle discipline is just not there. They're pointing their guns at all kinds of, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of places they have no business mm-hmm. pointing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that. I just no, I just notice those things and that always takes me out because I'm like uh there's no way cuz there's there's a time they um went to check the trunk mm-hmm. of a of a vehicle at like a at like a road stop. Yeah. It wasn't a road stop, it was like a checkpoint. Yeah, I know which time you're talking about. And mm-hmm. and he opens it, sees it's full of guns. Yeah. And the bad guy just kind of bops him in the back of the head uh-huh 
and he falls over mm-hmm. and there's like three other cops down the way yeah that are just completely caught off guard by this yeah totally oblivious like this is not how that would go down nope absolutely um but you know for the sake of Mm -hmm. for the sake of this show you kind of had got to have a bumbling incompetent police force and you wouldn't need a flash you know to solve their crime it's interesting how much they praise the police force in words yeah because barry is the son of a cop the brother of a cop and is technically himself a cop yeah a police investigator scientist yeah yeah which in real life i don't know how that dynamic works but i don't think that it works so much that the csis actually have full-blown police like so there was a there privilege. it was in the um it was in this it was in the sleep mm-hmm. it was in the good night central city episode yeah they went they went to rob a bank uh-huh. and Barry hears it you know he hears it on police on the police radio yeah he's in his lab mm-hmm. uh, but since he's also the Flash you know he goes there as the Flash to try to stop it yeah but when they ask you know why were you there Barry mm-hmm. um. Oh, because this is one they kind of try to frame him too, yeah, as being because he was having some financial problems, and mm-hmm. they tried to frame him in the in the uh, in the crimes. They're like, "Why were you there?" He said, "I heard it on the radio. I was in the area, and I went. And I saw the suspects through the window, and I went to try to make an arrest." Yeah. Now, silent alarm goes off at a bank uh-huh. for a robbery. Yeah. One unarmed crime lab investigator does not enter a bank yeah to apprehend multiple subjects yeah quite frankly for bank robberies swat you just let them go okay. because money's insured okay that's fair i mean it and even these were they were just using a sleep machine uh-huh so there wasn't even really any threat to life mm-hmm. you let them go you can catch them. I mean, you don't let them go and let them get away with the crime, but you don't run in there. Guns ablazing. One, one person, because he didn't. Even, he doesn't even carry a weapon. Uh, so like, oh yeah, you're right. He what doesn't. What was he usually. planning to do? See, because the line really gets towed for me in the episode "Sins of the Father," where uh, Barry's dad who's a retired police captain, I think. Okay. Um, one of the people that um, Barry's dad caught after a bank robbery. Oh, yeah. Uh, escapes from prison. And upon his escape, threatens uh, his father's life. And by the end of the episode, Barry and his dad, uh, who's been running his own side investigation... Uh, find out where the money is hidden because he shot up his house right yeah yeah um figures out where the the old money from the bank robbery is hidden and as a apparently current police officer and a retired police officer take their you know their firearms and go to this suspected oh, yeah. place of crime and just like... themselves, not masked heroes or anything yeah. like that, 
just vigilante style yeah went to apprehend them themselves yeah but i i feel like his dad gave him that gun Barry uh, got the gun at his dad's house. At his he dad's like house. pulls yeah. it out from the gun cabinet. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't. I don't think for regular. Yeah, I think, I think you might be duty, right about that. I don't think he carries a weapon. I, if he is a commissioned officer, he went mm-hmm. through weapons training. Yeah, and and that episode also uh, puts out for me something that that I am workshopping. As uh, the Ben Affleck Batman syndrome. Okay. Where you... That might not even be the best example. Maybe it's the Christian Bale Batman syndrome. Who You, you tell me. Who does this the worst? Okay. Where Barry draws his weapon, doesn't use flash powers, draws his <laughs> weapon, and shoots a guy. Okay. And what <laughs> we see is... He shoots him with a pistol. The guy grabs his chest. Yeah. Falls down. We don't address him at all. Yeah. And like yeah. sometime in the next scene, offhandedly, it comes up that Barry mentions that guy I wounded. And oh. I'm like, okay, so we said that because it clearly seems you killed a man and we're. But we and, had to retcon that. Yeah. We can't. We can't let it be okay that you killed someone, so we're just gonna say that guy didn't die. Didn't die, yeah. Um, and like, it, I it's makes me think of a lot of Batman I'd things. It's, I'd say it's probably more so the Christian Bale Batman, mm-hmm. um, where some of that stuff he did. Because Ben Affleck Batman had like a whole minigun mm-hmm. on the top <laughs> on the top of his Batmobile that he was just like. Mm-hmm. Gunning down trucks and SUVs full of bad guys. So I, yeah. can't. he he was okay with killing. People I think he was more. Okay. Yeah, Christian Bale, but like, um, mm-hmm. cause I think was it Catwoman? Mm-hmm. Like took a gun from one of the from one of the henchmen. Yeah, and like he 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 like throws it out of her hand. And he's like, no guns. Yeah. Um, but Christian. also, you definitely had to have, with your martial arts, killed some of these people. <laughs> some of these guys died. Um, yeah, I think I think the Christian Bale was a little bit more on the mm-hmm. ex- explicitly not killing people. Yeah, Ben Affleck Batman. Mm-hmm. He was he was he shooting, just does it. He was shooting RPGs into stuff. Yeah, I. But it's that it's that thing where you definitely definitely killed that person but because you're our superhero we're just gonna claim that what you did wouldn't have killed what, them. yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't deadly mm-hmm. um which which isn't to say that you can survive you can't survive being shot center mass yeah with it with one sh- I mean, honestly one shot mm-hmm. isn't always necessarily you know deadly 50 cent got shot nine times yeah you know i guess it was like just the way the, that in the head and face he yeah. just kind of like dropped and then there was no yeah oh, or yeah. like you know check they didn't even check his pulse they, yeah or they didn't yeah they didn't go back and, and render aid or anything mm-hmm. um but uh, sp- speaking of speaking of death mm-hmm. i mean they were blown they were like blowing up police cars yeah and and like dropping like whole, you know that 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 like whole marquee they dropped yes. on that judge. And I will say, 
that was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So there's an opening of an episode where it's like an elderly, not like old old man. Yeah, but he was he was he had gray hair. He was seasoned. He I think he was a judge. Yeah, and he walks out of he's walking out of a movie with his wife. Yeah, and the only conversation that they have is they they went to see this movie. Uh, I remember the movie that we met the, that yeah, day. Yeah, and. She says, oh, we didn't even see that movie. And he says, I was paying more attention to right, you. Right, right. It was really sweet. It was really sweet old people <laughs> like flirting with each other after yeah. this many years of marriage. They get in the car <laughs> and the the guy, the villain is still in the shadows who we don't know who he is yet. Hits a button, blows up a little like charge and it drops the marquee of the movie theater right on top of them. Yeah. And that's upsetting that they did that and it's also upsetting that in the next scene when all the investigators are you know seeing what happened and and who was the victim and how did it happen they say it's too bad about judge such and such and uh Mm -hmm. i always knew that you know he was one of the good judges right they never once mentioned that his wife was sitting his right wife next was to in him. there too yeah, yeah like nothing ever gets mentioned about and that. other than julio he was the o- only other person of color african-american uh, other than um nightshade oh nightshade nightshade too but yeah. yes you are right yeah you had julio nightshade and that judge and that judge who was in that one scene and then got in that crushed. one scene got cr- yeah crushed by the marquee mm-hmm. which is i mean I'm not saying like any way to die is a great way to die. Yeah. But that's got to be one of the worst. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good one. Because that's like a crushing death. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, may, you get shot, you bleed out, you pass out. You maybe don't feel a whole lot of pain, but like a thing just falls on you. Yep. That's like crushed bones and you've yeah. got places going into other parts of your body that don't belong there. Let's really dig into this. Okay. Yeah, this is good audio. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean I I know where you're coming from. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was gruesome, but they had I think in the first episode they they were throwing those bombs yeah into police cars yep. and they were just blowing them to pieces. Uh, and yeah, th- it, there were some really and I guess they did take it seriously because you know, that first episode they 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 brought like the whole police force mm-hmm. out to to really combat this motorcycle gang they they did take it seriously but i mean this was yeah this was like national guard level yeah you know, bad. response and that was actually my my thought because the one you're talking about where the motorcycle gang is literally just roving through the streets and throwing yeah. bombs at stuff yeah. that's pilot episode pre-existence of flash in this universe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the first characters we ever see is just this rando family that we never come back to and never need to honestly and it's like a, a mother and a father and like a little kid yeah i thought i needed to pay attention to them yeah i did too it was a little misleading but i i understood why they were there it was to illustrate how bad the city was yeah yeah and it was like they were trying to get into the house and they were so nervous because they were outside after even, dark. Like, he couldn't even get the key and get the, the, the knob to function. Right. Yeah. And, the, and then the bike gang like comes by and it's just like willy-nilly throwing bombs everywhere. Yeah. And like yeah. they just barely survive and they're like, somebody need, like this town is going to, to yeah, hell. Somebody needs to do something. The police need to do something about this. Yeah. And 
honestly, when I watch that, and it's that's what we're talking about is literally opening scene of episode one. Yeah. And that was when I immediately realized this show started right after 1989 Tim Burton Batman. Okay. And this central city is banking on the success of that that cartoonishly mm-hmm. violent mm-hmm. Gotham City idea where if you live in an urban area without a superhero, there are yeah. just roving gangs of mafia. That just exist to terrorize yeah. the populace. Like we we make money and we terrorize people. And those two things don't have to have anything to they do don't. with each other. Yeah, they don't. But for the sake of making just a really despicable mm-hmm. antagonist, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Because right. because Pike, it was Pike who was the leader of that gang who was a former mm-hmm. police officer who worked with mm-hmm. Jay Allen. They were like partners. The brother. Yeah, they were partners. Um, th- yeah, the gang was run by Pike. Uh-huh. Like his his only motivation was that Jay Allen yeah. had like turned him in for actually being dirty. Uh-huh. And so he exacts his revenge by just terrorizing the entire city. Yes. Which and isn't con- like there's it's those two don't don't jive. It's not congruent. Like if if I got mm-hmm. a problem with Jay Allen, yeah, maybe I maybe terrorize his family at most, but Yeah. What the heck does the whole city have to do with? And the funny thing is, with he a police doesn't. officer like catching you actually being dirty. Mm-hmm. This is not like I'm on a, a vengeful crusade because I was wrongly convicted. Yeah, yeah. I did the thing. That would yeah, that would have been a more even sympathetic antagonist. Like, oh man, he was actually just framed, lost his family, you know, lost yeah. his job, maybe lost his family, mm-hmm. ruined his life. Now he's on a crusade. I can kind of sympathize with that. Yeah, I can't sympathize with Pike actually being dirty mm-hmm. getting caught and now being mad yeah but those crazy batman movies that were super successful at the time never had uh any sympathetic characters until you got to mr freeze mr freeze eventually yeah. became that sympathetic character but he wasn't until like 1994 okay. i don't think yeah um the even the visual style though of that first episode where you would see um, like mist is just like You'd coming out of they had things. like alleys. They had alleys lit in like purple and pink and neon and green. The, those bombs that we were talking about yeah. that the bicycle gang is just like throwing around. They're just like translucent orbs filled yeah. with an emerald green liquid. Yeah, and that is like a bomb. That's the bomb that when it when it bursts. It, it explodes, blows and it was a very Tim Burton esque yeah. visual style. Yeah. I think I think looking at these shows and seeing what's what existed around them is is really enlightening because the other thing that kind of existed around this um, this Flash series was the Fantastic Four. Oh yes, that that Marvels. Uh, now, this is one that you have more familiarity with than me. Yeah, it was actually from 1994, so it came after this. Okay. But I think it's I think it's still indicative of this early 90s mm-hmm. 
method of portraying superheroes yeah. because there are yeah like yeah I I've seen the movie you haven't the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four um again they they never use their powers as like powers there's yeah. there's a scene where Mr. Fantastic there's like a bunch of henchmen or whatever running into the room uh-huh. so he stands next to the door mm-hmm. and stretches his leg <laughs> past the door so that they all trip which is a thing that you could do if you just had a long enough <laughs> leg had, to go across the door if you were just six eight and you could trip people coming through the door yes there's another point where like he and um where um mr fantastic you know reed richards mm-hmm. and um invisible woman get married uh-huh you know yep. and they're in the which does happen in a lot of yeah, mediums yeah but they're in the um limo uh-huh. and he just like extends his hand up through the the of moon roof to wave moon. yeah because that's like, amusing those yeah those are the most notable uses of mr fantastic's elasticity Power. and and i think that also has and a there are way like there's so many more ways you can you can just take a little bit of time be creative with it mm-hmm. and make him and make his powers interesting and i think that has to do with two things a the technology to to do those effects was not up to snuff which that i can sympathize with yeah i think you should try and be more creative as a filmmaker and figure out some good workarounds yeah but i can understand that that's difficult yeah and b i feel like they they don't get the heroes and or the villains involved that would actually be interesting to see that stuff against yes so like in the 2014 flash the the villains are like half the fun yeah of of a lot of episodes because they really stretch into like some of the more creative characters from the rogues galleries okay um i mean you get you get your bank robbers and Mm -hmm. your serial killers Mm -hmm. and, and what have you but you also take time to do the reverse flash. Right. You get Gorilla Grodd. They mentioned Gorilla Grodd in this what? in this series. It was it was very pa- it was it was really a passing mention. Mm, I, I missed it yeah, entirely. I, I, w- I wrote it down. I wish I wrote down which episode I was watching. Yeah. When that came in. But yeah. Yeah, you get you get your your king sharks. Like the DC mm-hmm. universe has. Yeah. So much they to have, pull yeah, from. They have villains, and and I think Tim Burton was successful in the Joker, and I love the Joker, but he's he is the best of a normal human villain. Yeah. After him, you want to get something a little more interesting, right? Like you know, Bane is. Yeah not necessarily the most interesting but he has the intriguing aspect of the chemical dependence yeah um they when i grew up i always thought bane was a really dumb character because of the batman movie where he's just a brute where he's just a brute muscle for was it poison ivy poison ivy yeah but then you find out, or I found out yeah. later that yeah. actually he's supposed to be like a brilliant uh, st- strategist. Yeah, he's a tactician. He's a strategist. He's yeah, he's super intelligent. He yeah. he knows. He's a martial artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I 
I always was a little bit confused with the luchador mask. Yeah. But and he yeah, has whatever. And um you've got Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Uh Poison Ivy. I always thought Scarecrow was extremely interesting. Yeah. But in this in but, this in this flash, this nineteen ninety flash, mm-hmm. like we get we get Trickster a little bit later. Trickster's good. Um, Trickster's and we'll talk good. about him for sure. Um but yeah, for the most part, we're we're fighting the we're fighting bank robbers and drug dealers and just which and, is, and, and, and mobsters and people who just who are just kind of bad for the sake of being bad. There's yeah. there's no real motivation motivation to them. But uh, speaking of DC canon characters, Nightshade yes exists in the DC universe. It is not a male character. Is that so? See, that is something I didn't realize. I looked I looked it up. And what I saw of Nightshade mm-hmm. was um I mean it, it, it was not an older black man. Yes. Um one of the three in the entirety of the 1990. Like the, the character first appeared in like the 60s. Uh-huh. Um and is Eve Eden. Hmm. Interesting. I I feel like I looked at some other versions of it. Mm-hmm. But they're just uh they're just, you know, different universes. Huh. You know, different DC universes, but it, it, in the multiverse. Yeah, in the multiverse. And it's, it's there's int- only one instance, you know, on the on their Wikipedia entry where it's Dr. Desmond Powell, and that is mm-hmm. in the nineteen ninety in, in the show. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because they could have part of that episode, and I was gonna comment that that is an interesting episode because it's one of the few that has an actual like powered villainous villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing about that episode is that it introduces the idea that there was a hero in central city before yeah, a Barry, while, yeah, a like while ago. A, a generation before. Yeah. And it's Dr. Ezra Powell, Desmond, Desmond Powell. Yeah. And he, um, wears a full mask, gloves and a cape, a trench, trench, a trench coat. coat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he fights crime sort of batman style not having powers but just having yeah. gadgets and his wits because also like comic book nightshade mm-hmm. like sh- her power comes from the fact that like she can manipulate darkness oh can transform into uh i think it said like two-dimensional shadows hmm. or something there's a character there's a villainous character named I think she shade tel- i think she could teleport mm-hmm. i don't know it, he just he just he just bore no resemblance <laughs> yeah to, to, comics, to that to comics night to the point where they could have just called him something else yeah you know and um it was interesting that they actually like decided to play off the fact that you know the reason he comes back is that one of Nightshade's villains, like his last villain, yeah. cryogenically froze himself and then wakes up in 1990, in 1990. to start wreaking havoc. So the ghost. old man Nightshade now comes back. Right. And they unmask him and they're surprised that he is a black man. Yeah. And 
Um, oh, because the ghost, he mentions something about... He calls he, he calls, calls him the colored guy. No, he calls him colored. Okay, just colored. Like, like he says, nightshades are colored. Oh, yeah. And then he, Dr. Powell says colored you really you really are from the past <laughs> so yeah when i heard that you know i'm sitting there listening to him like whoa, whoa. we can't do that but then no. then you know dr powell responds and I'm like oh yeah this guy is from the 60s <laughs> yeah and he just woke up, up in 1990 yeah 30 years later so mm-hmm. okay not okay <laughs> not okay but like okay that's but why okay. he did that that's why he did that <laughs> And and Powell's reaction is like, oh yeah, you are yeah. from the past. Okay, mm-hmm. I think you may have this. May you, be the same dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, yeah, I. So the other thing, just I really quickly want to mention is that, um, there is a point in this episode. I think it's this one. It, may, it could be the other one mm-hmm. where Nightshade shows up, but Nightshade. Mm-hmm walks into a room and starts speaking to a person. Yeah. And the person or maybe it was Desmond Powell. But he he walks into a room as one persona, starts mm-hmm. speaking and the person recognizes them. Yeah. It was Desmond Powell walked into a room, mm-hmm. was talking to the ghost's um like girlfriend, former lover. Former lover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and she says, "Oh, it's you nightshade or something like that and turns around and is like oh i thought but, that was somebody else yeah I'm like uh yeah it that's a very mm-hmm. very distinguishable voice mm-hmm. that's nightshade you were correct you were correct and, and he says you were right the first time um but that that's an that's an instance of people identifying you know heroes by their voice mm-hmm. i'm just surprised that never came up with barry yeah but it did mm-hmm. it did once because there's a blind guy that who's who's like a police informant yes and he goes up to him as the flash mm-hmm. and like asks him questions and things but since he's blind he doesn't know who the heck he's talking to yeah um and he's like thanks and the guy's like no problem barry mm-hmm. and you and you see you know barry he kind of is taking it back and say so he's like what oh he's blind so uh, he recognizes people by their voice yeah but i mean you don't even really have to be blind to, to recognize people's voices, especially if you know them well enough. Yeah. Because the Flash was talking to, like, police officers. People that Barry knew, People that Barry knew. And they just never, they're like, yeah, that dude sounds, I mean, he's got the stature of Barry. Mm-hmm. He's a white dude like Barry. Yep. He sounds a heck of a lot like, like Barry. Barry. Yeah. You know what? Barry's not here right now. <laughs> yeah. And... That's the one thing that stops Barry or stops Julio from assuming that it's Barry because with the flash, the, the concept of he's not, I've never seen them in the same room together. doesn't necessarily have to apply since he can move so quickly that it would look like he was in like two places at once and he does that with julio when julio suspects yeah. he's like what's that over there what's that like, over there and changes then he changes runs him. as the flash yeah. around the corner comes back changes back to barry clothes before julio, julio even julio turns around back, he's like oh well mm-hmm. i guess he can't be the flash but there was there was a moment too where there's this investigator who keeps like thinking that barry's the flash and then that like other people are the flash and by the end she settles on 
Julio as the Flash and says like you know he puts on some makeup and and oh yeah and <laughs> like a, a bald cap because yeah. julio has like he has dreadlocks, dreadlocks like yeah. a full head of yeah dreadlocks. real dreadlocks that definitely would not fit just be flat and mask. they wouldn't be flattened by a bald cap either. no uh and she says that and i'm just like you, you don't know, understand. You know better. Yeah. <laughs> you know better. You that's, can't be that's not that dumb. So then there's also the episode where there's a baby. Mm, yes. Because all DC uh, <laughs> single season shows have to have, have, an to have episode a baby with a baby. Episode. And, and Barry interacts with this baby as both the Flash and Barry Allen. Yeah. And at the end of the episode... Um, he hands the baby, Barry hands the baby back to the baby's mother uh-huh. and the baby says, you know, flash kind of in baby talk Yeah, where it doesn't really sound like the word, mm-hmm. but the mom's like, it sounds like he just said flash mm-hmm. and Barry's like, uh, I think he said splash like he wants a bath or something like that. Yeah. So he plays it off, but I'm like, okay, you've recognized nightshade mm-hmm. by his voice. The blind guy recognized Barry by his voice. And this freaking baby yeah. recognized Barry as the Flash by his voice. Mm-hmm. Why can't any of you adults, mm-hmm. police officers, you know, investigators, police officers, yeah. put two and two together? Yeah. it's It gets pretty ridiculous until... And it doesn't become less ridiculous, but... This is the same universe where a pair of glasses and a tie makes Superman Clark Kent and nobody in the investigative wing of the world's biggest newspaper figures that one out. And speaking of of Superman, before we wrap this up, um, there is in in the episode Captain Cold, which is towards the end, there is a, uh, a reporter... Uh, named Terry Cronen Cronenberg. Uh-huh. Um, she's she's trying her hardest to like get past the police line and get the and get the scoop. Yeah. For her tab, uh, it seems kind of like a tabloid. Yeah. This is the same woman that eventually figures out that Julio is the Flash. Okay. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to get past, and, and Barry's like, "Hey, he, I think he like calls Murphy or Bellows over, and he's like, hey." get Lois Lane here, you know, uh-huh. back behind the police line. I'm like, so is, is, is Lois Lane fiction? Yeah. Is she pop culture fiction or is she, or is she just such a well-known reporter mm-hmm. that you use her almost as a pejorative? Like if I was, if I was to say like, oh, look at Walter Cronkite, you know, over Okay. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a real reporter that, I, I would use just as reference okay. for somebody trying to be a good reporter. I, okay. I, okay. I think I understand that reference now. It mm. just, um, well, I mean it, but it could be, it's not clear. It's be, not clear. Cause we could also say Lois Lane and she doesn't exist for us, but it would be a very obvious reference to a, a gumshoe reporter. Yeah. But mm. I never got the impression even in Superman universes that Lois Lane is, I mean, she's she's definitely a good reporter, but I, I I never got the impression that she was like a a nationally known. Well, it depends. Reporter, uh, because in a lot Daily of Superman like a, a, canon, a, a there's local newspaper. There's Pulitzer. She wins Pulitzer prizes. Okay, and um, 
the the even the most recent um what's her name rachel mcadams version yeah. she's pulitzer prize winning okay um lois lane okay uh i don't know if that's how it is in the I mean, cartoon but how many pulitzer prize winners do you i mean you know because do i know yeah i know the names <laughs> of many i'm sure yeah okay i don't know which people that i know they are right i know lots of authors and that probably means that they want a pulitzer prize yeah but i don't know who they are i'm just saying like does your average police officer know that what whatever yeah um Mm. so for our since we set this precedent on our previous show yeah for our third part Mm -hmm. um i want to get into this one episode called fast forward yes Mm mm-hmm we still haven't talked about the trickster. We have not. And are there things you needed to get into? Uh, definitely want to talk trickster and definitely want to um, make sure that we conveniently wrap up <laughs> our discussion Yeah, by talking about some convenient uh, episode wrap ups that happened uh, in the series. Uh, and I don't want to forget to come back to some other DC tie-ins since okay. you brought up the Lois Lane question. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll pick up these things in part three. Wait, what the heck? That podcast, it went by so fast I didn't even see it. One minute it was there, then whoosh, nothing. Don't worry. Much like Super Speedy Heroes, the nice thing about Super Speedy Podcasts is that they'll be back before you know it. So make sure you don't miss us next week as we continue our discussion of 1990s The Flash. And if you're worried our episodes will buzz on by at speeds invisible to the naked eye, just hit that subscribe button. So until then, we hardly knew you.